Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hey, I'm Freddie Kraft. I decided to sleep in this morning and miss Door Bumper Clear, which, oh, by the way, is presented by OfferPad. Today we'll break down the race at Vegas, including Joy Logano blocking yet again, a debris caution that changed everything, and my new contract. I'm going to be the highest-paid spotter in NASCAR history now that the GOAT, Michael Jordan, is coming into NASCAR. Hey, Bubba Wallace, new team. Let's get ready, set, go. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be what you got here. New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door Bumper Clear. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, part of the 22 Cup car, the 99 truck, and uh, it's like a halfway full house today. Yeah, Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer in the old Cup Series. It's like the old times, man. It's just me and TJ here kicking it. We're not sitting on a couch, and KristenMingle.com is not the hostess with the mostess anymore. She's now taken by some dude named Alan, but we do have our sub-hostess with the mostess, who also yesterday over-consumed herself in gin. What kind of gin were yeah. we drinking? What was the flavor? I don't even know what the flavor was, to be honest with you. Beef It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It hurt. That's all I got to say. <laughs> it was my cousin's wedding, and I was drinking gin and 7-Up, and I was like, oh, I'll have one, and the next thing you know, I'm that I had way more than one, and flying, especially commercial, home when you are hungover is not fun. You're supposed to drink gin and juice. That's what you, the song you know, says. You can't go to a wedding and say, lay back with my mind yeah. on my money and my money on my mind. You don't go to a major event like that and say, I'll just have one. That doesn't happen. Oh, no, I know. It was bad. <laughs> you knew what you were getting into, Hannah. I'm uh, yeah. disappointed in your wording here. <laughs> Sipping on gin and seven up. So you f- the whole song up right there. You can't even say that and make the lyrics work. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was still young enough that I could like rebound back of it, but apparently not. How many hours do you I- drink gin? This does not get easier as you get older. I think gin tastes like pine straw. You're really young to be a gin drinker. I don't picture you to be a gin drinker at all. I started drinking mimosas at like probably like 9 or 10 a.m. Because we were getting ready. And because I was part of the bridal party. And then I started drinking gin as soon as the wedding, like the actual ceremony was over. So 4.30, Are you kidding me? You just said here that 
I said I would go and only have one. But oh, we started off with Mimosas at eight o'clock in the morning. Mimosas. <laughs> Not Whatever. Mimosas. 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 You, well, you I can't. Learned my lesson. What's in there, Jen? <laughs> Hair of the dog. No, it's juice. <laughs> and Jen. Mimosas are. Uh, you got to be careful with mimosas. They'll sneak up on you. Yeah, they do. Like one second you're like, this tastes fine. It just tastes like champagne and juice. And the next thing you know, you're <laughs> champagne and juice. Now we're well, changing the lyrics again. I'm glad you, uh, you're a warrior and you made it today because unlike someone yeah, else, a lot tougher than your co-host apparently. Yeah, unlike someone else who needs his beauty sleep and there's not enough of that to go around for him, he's not here. Freddie Kraft is uh, missing in action. He actually avoided Brett's FaceTime call, which actually woke him up. I think so. I woke him up. I landed at about 4.45 a.m., made it to bed about 5.30 a.m., slept for maybe three or four hours. You know how it is, TJ. Like you just 100%. can't sleep. No. I went to bed about 6, and uh, family was out of town last week, so I, had, I didn't see my kids from the early part of the week. So, of course, um, they're in there first thing in the morning, you know, hey, Daddy, blah, 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 oh, hey. So... Daylight out, can't really go back to sleep. Um, maybe Freddie needs kids. Maybe Freddie needs kids because kids don't know what time it is. They don't know if you. They don't care get, what time. They don't it care is if it. you took a red eye flight home. They don't no. care if you had too much gin, Hannah. They don't care. It's they time don't. to get up and eat, and all they want to know is get up and feed me. Yeah, and the plate. Will you play with me? Want to play a play doh? You want? Uh, yeah. Want to play Barbie dolls? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well. That being said, you guys had a clearly a rough rough flight home, but how was Vegas as a whole? You've never seen Las Vegas like this. I uh, I mean, clearly we've been to a lot of markets and a lot of cities, and I'm a Vegas guy. Like, I love to go out to eat there. I love to gamble. I love everything about Vegas, but I have never been so where. And listen, I'm a mask guy. I'm pro-mask. I wear my mask everywhere that I'm required to wear it because I think it's the responsible thing to do. But they would – they would have the weirdest mask rules. For example, Hannah, if you went to the pool, the hotel pool, which was open, you could sit by yourself on the pool deck, and you had to wear your mask. And if you got a drink, such as a pina colada, which I did manage to get, you had to take your mask down, drink your pina colada, and put your mask right back up in between sips. Like, you couldn't just sit around the pool with your mask down, even though you're sitting by yourself. But if you want to take your mask off, you just get in the pool. So apparently the, the coronavirus can't live in the pool. If your feet are in the pool, no mask required. And then you sit down at blackjack, which is typically six people playing the game, right? They've, they've, uh, they've changed that. It's now three people playing the game. And they have plexiglass up all the way around the table. So you're sitting there, just like TJR sitting here six feet apart, but you're sitting there with a piece of glass between you and your player beside of you. And there's a piece of glass like a bank teller in front of you between you and the dealer. And you're required to wear your mask at all times, even if you have a beer. So you can pull your mask down, take a sip of beer, put your mask back up. Um, it's crazy, but then I can leave that area right there where I'm literally by myself. And if Freddie was hanging out with me and when I was gambling, he had to stand six feet behind me. Even though we're buddies and everything, he couldn't stand up there and you know us shoot the while we were gambling. But if we left there and walked to a restaurant, we could sit down. And he could literally sit in my lap and we could eat dinner together with no mask on. It's just... The, the, the lawmakers in that state, I mean, look, to me, when I hear the word Nevada, I hear, I think about Las Vegas, Reno, Carson City, and I think about, obviously, the tourist industry and the gambling industry, and look, I think there's 
they're trying to be safe, but they're ruining the culture of what that town's about. And, and, and look, flights are cheap, man. Rooms are cheap, and that's why. Because it's, it's not the same Las Vegas that we all need to grow in love. But it'll be back. But, but it, was, it was – I mean, look, it's like everything else we've done this summer, TJ. It's just – it's earth-shattering. You get there, and you're like, wow, we're not in the same America we've been in. Yeah, definitely looked different. Um, I didn't gamble or anything, but just walking through the casino, you could you could see it was a little bit different. But nonetheless, I'm glad we got to go there. And you know, there was a I think there was a question whether we were going to be able to go and race there. No, I mean yeah, for sure. And no fans were there, so we could have fans gambling in the casino and at the sports book, but you couldn't have fans outside of the racetrack. Just super. Con- I just get confused by these lawmakers. Yeah, and and, and yeah. So anyway. You should have printed off a really big picture of his head so we could pull the mic up to it. We need a. I was gonna say I'm trying to see what picture that is of. It's a great picture, Freddie. He's got on a Hannah Newhouse shirt. He does <laughs> in the picture. So that picture was does from he really last know week. He does it. That's from last week or the week before. Yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah. We need a Freddie Fathead. Can we get one of those made? Well, if he was here, we'd have one. <laughs> 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 oh, he's gonna get you for that one. Oh no, he knows. So anyway, Freddie. <laughs> anyway, Freddie overslept, and I believe that because I could have overslept this morning. And he blamed it on the fact that his phone died, which I don't believe because everybody plugs their phone in. And didn't he send you a voicemail um, when you Facetimed him? Yeah, we tried to Facetime him. He wouldn't answer. Then, yeah. he, then he texted Jason and I and said he. It actually rang it. though for vo- for Facetime. Like it rang. Yeah, if it was dead, you probably wouldn't rang. Exactly. So, Freddie, we're going to need to work on your excuse. So, he book told as the well. truth he, that he overslept, but he, he lied. Yeah, and he's the only dead. one in our group deal was like, oh, solid. I'll sleep for four hours. That'll be all right. He's the only one that commented on the sleep amount. Hey, Brett, you got a gift next to you. Did you check that out yet? Uh uh-uh. uh. What is it? It was a special delivery from someone you know well. It's huge. Ooh. Oh, it's got my name on it. it does. Here's the bad news it doesn't say Brett and TJ. It just says. Yeah, that, that's. Just I just says, hope it's not from like. Was it from the double zero truck driver? It just <laughs> he was here. Oh, he was here last week. Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, he was. He was welcoming in a parking lot. Yeah. I'm not good at opening gifts. I'm one of those people that just tears it up. You just ruined that. All right. I got a. Oh, there's a, like a book in there. Got a nice little note from our friends at Offerpad, Kyle Rush, for appreciating all that we do, going the extra mile to to prove that NASCAR works. So if you're listening to this thing right now, this podcast of ours, um, make sure you go to Offerpad.com, check them out, list your home. They'll tell you how much your home's worth, and then if you love it, then take the deal, man. TJ, I, I've got a lot of stuff in my bar, but I don't have any Johnny Walker Blue Label. Well, now you do. I think this is probably expensive. Do you want me to look it up? <laughs> I, uh, let's let's guess the over-under on this. Oh, I have no idea. I don't buy alcohol like that. I don't either. <laughs> you're, I can't you're, afford it. Uh, you're going you're gonna to be way closer than I would be. Let's go Did with $200. You took a bottle of bourbon like two weeks ago? Yeah, the one sitting on the table? Mm. Oh, look at that. It's pretty. That's big. Yeah, that yeah. Show the camera. Johnny Walker Blue Label. Look at that. How many ounces is it? Uh I think one and a half at the time will do it for you. It's <laughs> a lot. It's fifth. Johnny Walker Blue Label. Boy. Over under two hundred bucks, Hannah. What do you got? Over under. I don't uh it's a fifth. I'm gonna go under, but oh. just slightly. This, well, no, this is there's a three hundred dollar bottle right there, and that's bigger than that. Oh, yeah. It says why is the first Google search is why is Blue Label so expensive? 
Um, it recreates early whiskey blends and will go anywhere between 174 and $450 based on the size. That might be 199 I can't even open something that costs that much money. This just goes in my bar for decoration. Is that it? That's it. It's one ninety nine. That's it. You went Did over. I not just say just barely? You, you got it by a penny. What'd you say, Hannah? I said just barely under two hundred. Thanks to Kyle Rush, our friends at OfferPad. Uh, I can't drink it, but it's going to look great in my bar. <laughs> the box is phenomenal looking. I heard uh, there was a little, there was some good tweets going out last night. Did I miss? I didn't go back and look yet, but oh, Kyle Bush. Yeah, are we talking about that later? Oh yeah, he was on one last night. I saw a couple of those when I landed. He's usually pretty good when he gets on a little Twitter rant. Yeah, he's pretty good at that. So he responded to one guy and said, "You, you sir, are <laughs> holy cow, my face hurts." <laughs> I just like his responses. <laughs> you, sir, are a <laughs> It's pretty good. That's classic Kyle, though. That's the Kyle you like to see come out. You know what I mean? Like that's you know most of his interviews, he's very he doesn't hold back. So, and I, I can appreciate that. He's what? been pretty good, though, this year as far as, like, pretty mellow in the interview aspect. All things considered. Like, with the year he's had, I feel like I would have expected him to probably, you know, come unleashed a couple times. But I feel like for the most part, honestly, he's been pretty pretty tame. Maybe, I, maybe I've just missed it, but. For the year he's having, I think he's being pretty good. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hi, we're OfferPad. The new way homes are sold. Go to OfferPad.com, tell us about your home, and we'll send you a great purchase offer. Or, if that's not your style, we can also list your home with tons of free OfferPad services. Free handyman fixes, house cleaning, yard work, and more to get your home show ready. We can even advance renovation costs to maximize your home's value. Whatever way you want to sell, you're sold with OfferPad. Sell your way today at OfferPad.com. Well, now it is time for Spot On, Spot Off, and uh, we'll go ahead and start it here with TJ because Logano blocked Chase Elliott on lap 32. Elliott says, make sure the nose is okay from that up there, followed by Alan, uh, Alan saying he just needs to get sent sooner or later. You want to start that one, TJ? I'm not. I mean... That's two comments from crew chiefs on from there this year that I don't I mean, look, man, we're racing. Chase blocks people. Everyone that's this type of racing now. You're defending positions. Um, you know, we went to the bottom off a of turn two because we saw Chase had a big run and we knew where he was gonna go. You take that away, drive through the middle. You know what I mean? Drive through the middle. Like, um, it's a wide straightaway. But um there's blocking on restarts. There's blocking your the biggest weapon on offense and the biggest weapon for defense is track position and air right yeah i mean it's not really my car is better than yours anymore it's it's i have track position on you and i have the air advantage so you want to you're defending that it's not it's not um it's not it's hard to describe this type of racing is what this is i mean you're we go to Talladega next week. There's going to be blocking there by everybody. You're gonna you're gonna want to protect your position and you want to get the momentum behind you. Um, it's just this racing. Like it's going to happen. Every single driver on that track ran a lane at some point 
to put their car in front of the other in front of another car, whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. I mean, don't threaten me with a good time. Like if if you're gonna if you're gonna send a guy, just send him. But the guy that's capable of sending him is is sitting on a pit box. He's not in the race car. So I, I do think that people are tired of being blocked by Joey Logano. I do think they're tired of the storyline. Um, I didn't see the block. I think some blocks are warranted, and I think some blocks are not. I mean, prime example, yesterday we were on the front stretch, and you know we shot the bottom, and we were in the middle of crazy traffic on some of those insane restarts. Insane restarts, man. Three wide, four wide, looking five wide. You're second from the top, like just spotting like you've never spotted before it at Las Vegas. And we cleared two guys coming out of four, and I, I cleared Clint up in front of the 32 car. And I was like, he's coming back, one, half, quarter. And just as I say that, Clint scoots up in front of him. It wasn't to block him because it was the 32 car, right? I mean, we're not worried about those guys, quote, passing us back. But we had to get up to pick the momentum up, getting into one to get the car wound back up to get through one and two. And, and LaJoy, you know, hit us in the butt. And he hit us in the butt because – we essentially pulled up in front of him, but we had already we had already cleared him. It was not like he had a run coming to us to pass us. Uh, but nonetheless, we we you we, have to we, do that. We if threw you a block. If you don't, he gets back out there at your quarter panel, and the guy behind him has a run. You have to do it. Like that's just how this racing is. It's not like hey, your car is better than you're just better than me. Now you get me, you go on. It, it is. It's more racy now than it's ever been, and. That guy, and honestly, the thirty-two car is not like those guys are fairly competitive. Yeah, I mean, not obviously not winning cars, but they're fairly competitive, and they can you put they a guy can have like, speed on restarts. Yeah, and uh, and the only reason, you know, the part about there's people blocking every single every single lap. You, you know, we caught Denny a couple times to lead. Guess what? Denny blocked us. That just happens. It happens. I think people look. I think people look for the 22 to block somebody. And it just gets called out every single time. If you think Joey is the only guy that ever throws a block on that racetrack, you don't watch a race. We we look at the gentleman's agreement that used to be in place around here, and it's out the window. I mean, it just is flat out out the window. Like, you truly have to race like a butthole, especially on restarts. And and as a spotter, it's a lot. I mean, it, it you know – it used to be you helped manage the restart, you helped get settled in, you helped find your rhythm, you managed your tires, and then you tried to go past cars. And now, if you don't get it on a restart and you don't get it in all that traffic, there's a solid chance you may not get it to the to the, to the air that TJ. Way harder about. to get back. Get back now. You know, if if you come out of a restart sixth, there's a chance you're going to run sixth until you pit. Hundred percent. And if you restart sixth and you come out twelfth, there's a solid chance you're going to run eleventh to thirteenth. You know, until the, until you pit, like where you come out is where you run. So it makes those restarts be even you have more wild. To protect man, you have to. That's that. These stage points, those stage points that we got in the first stage, made our race because we got obviously we'll talk about it in a little bit. We had to pit for a tire, but those stage points matter. And if if Chase gets around us there, and you know what, Chase gets to that inside down the backstretch, and we wash up the racetrack a little bit because it's hard to get through three and four a little bit. Yeah, two cars get by us. That's two points. That's two points, uh, two stage points right there because you're, like Brett said, I saw Chase run guys down and couldn't get around him. Had a faster car. Uh, we caught Denny. Couldn't get around him. 
maybe we were a little fast trying. Maybe we weren't. He ended up driving back away. But whoever Chase caught, I saw a couple of times, they drove back away from him. But Chase was faster at the time, but just couldn't do anything. You know, and that's you have to get everything you can. And like you said, there's there's times where, you know, that you, you really just can't do it. But if, if the guy sees it coming and the guy's – and you have a guy like this talented enough to Joey to put his car where he knows he can be, you can't cross the nose. If you try to block a guy and he's got – if he's got, you know – six inches there, you're, you're going to get spun out. Yeah. But you give a guy like Joey good enough info, he can place his car where it's damn near impossible to get around him sometimes. And that's, you have to do that now. Yeah. In my opinion, that's how we have to race. Yeah. I, I don't, so. I mean, it, I think, I think you have to be a little careful of, of the run and when you do it. And how yeah. You like do I it. said, you can't get turned. You're ruining your race. Yeah. But you tell it, you know, Joey's really good at knowing what, what runs he can block and what runs he can't and dissecting that info and making the decision on it. He ultimately, the drivers all make the decisions on it, whether they want to block that run or not. Um, but, you know, that's just like Brett said, you can't, you get line in sixth place after two laps, that's probably where you're going to run. Yeah. One, one or maybe a give or take a spot, depending on if you catch a lap car at the wrong time and get checked up or something like that. There's there's few cars that can pass. It was very hard to pass. Very hard to pass. So, and, I mean, we saw we saw the race winner. Last night, not really competitive, a shot to win all day. Wins the race, got out front. TJ, I didn't see him in the top ten. Exactly. Much at all. Yep. Well, and you talked about it there, TJ, as far as coming down pit road and having to get a tire. Uh, so we'll just start that one off with Joey Logano develops a tire rub after contact with Kyle Busch when Denny Hamlin goes three wide for the lead in stage two. And you can start that one off as well. Uh, I mean, I think that's – I think it's just a racing deal. We all – it was kind of – you could see it coming, but you know we it was a we were turning off the wall already, and the eleven wasn't inside of us. And I think it, I'll get Brett's opinion in a minute, but I think it kind of spooked Kyle a little bit. Um, and Kyle opened the wheel up. You could see the car jerk a little bit and go to the right, and that's not a normal that's not a normal move for a guy that's already turned off into the corner. If you if you know that guy is going to be there, you kind of leave the lane and you don't you don't go up the racetrack on that abruptly like like he did. Um, you know, Denny got clear halfway down the backstretch was able to get a big run because two cars are side-by-side side in front of him, and that's just what happens in this package. They punch a huge hole in the air. Denny gets a big run, and at the last second, you know, he cuts to the bottom, the dive to the bottom, and, you know, the 18, we're driving off the 18. The 18's trying to side-draft us to shoot down to the bottom in the corner, and I really think it just surprised them. I think it surprised the 18, and, and uh, as soon as I saw Denny turn off the wall, I started calling two inside, but we're already turned in. Joey can't. Like Kyle, like Kyle had no choice either but to turn the wheel to the right a little bit. And, um, you know, it's just everything closes up in a hurry like that. Like we saw it kind of coming, but we didn't really – when you turn off the wall, you're kind of already picked your lane for the corner. Your trajectory is already decided for where you're going to be when you get to the – get into the corner. And I think it just spooked them a little bit, which kind of spooked us, and we all just kind of brushed it. It wasn't bad, but it was enough to where we hit at the right spot in it. We had a tire going down. I'd be curious to know how Tony Hirschman spots this package now that, that it's changed so much because the old Kyle Busch, and I'm, I've only spotted one race for Kyle Busch in my life, and it was a truck series race at Talladega. And Kyle didn't like a lot of information on runs that were coming and on looking inside. He only wanted to know if they were inside or outside in a lot of scenarios. And he said it, quote, distracted him to hear that extra information and, and I'd be curious because Tony's a good spotter, and Tony's one of the guys up there with a lot of racing knowledge. And I mean, I, I look, there's 40 guys up there ish. I'd say Tony's a top 10 guy. You agree with that? 
As, I mean, his track record can't really argue it. Well, he sucked <laughs> yeah. until he got to Kyle Busch. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jason could spot for Kyle Busch. But back to the thing. Tony Hirschman, um, I would imagine with the way this package is allowed that Tony had to change the way he spots, that Kyle had to let him change the way he spots. So if he got surprised on that, clearly there's some dialogue between the spotter and driver that can get lost or confused. And the, Hey, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Sometimes these runs are so freaking big. When you key up to say it, you're like, holy cow, where did that run even come from? And I saw a tweet yesterday from Kelly Crandall, who I personally think a lot of. I think her work ethic's greatest journalist in the sport. And she mentioned that Joey had said to you over the radio that he didn't know he was three wide in time. Um, yeah. How did you guys come back from that? And was this the well, same first, incident? Like, uh, that, like, to your point about what Kyle was doing, Kyle was at our rear left rear tire. So Kyle was staring at our car trying to side draft us because Kyle and we're like we're turning off the wall like we're turning into the corner so Kyle's trying to turn off of us and shoot to the bottom and he's probably not even looking at I mean he's driving off of us like trying to side draft us you can't be looking in the mirror staring at that guy if you're side drafting a guy and you know Joey's sitting there watching his left front well I tell Joey look 11's clear three back you know, inside eight, two, in, two inside, two inside. Like, it was so late into, like, I didn't expect Danny to make that move, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, you try to give a lot of info as quick. And like you said, some of them runs are so big. And um, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it can happen, I guess. There's, that was a very, an, a super aggressive move by Denny, but, and obviously worked great for him. Um, it's, it's hard when you see Clint Boyer. And then Kevin Harvick right behind him. You you and your brain as a spotter go, his teammate ain't going to do anything to screw him right here. And then when the kamikazes him and dive bombs him getting in the corner, it takes us yeah. off guard and takes us a second to, to communicate that. I saw the run coming and out. I mean, it's just – it's so late into the corner like us. Even if I would have – Joey's still got to drive off Kyle almost. You're not just going to – oh, Danny's got a big run. Let me just get up out of the way here. You know, to me the the move was forced and it was kind of like – you knew there was probably going to be contact as late as it was into the corner. You almost it's, it's almost inevitable there's inevitable there's going to be contact. Kyle did not make an attempt to block him. No, that's you have to take that away early. Like if that was us, I wouldn't really been worried about the guy on the outside because you don't want a guy to put you in the middle into three. You don't want to be in the middle going into three. So to me, you take the bottom away before the eleven gets there, and you don't give him a choice. You don't give the eleven a choice to get to your inside and and do that. You drive and honestly, if Kyle takes it away a little bit and acts like he's going to cover it, then he probably just lifts, falls him into the corner. So this is second week in a row you and Kyle have kind of had a tiff. I don't really call this. I mean, it's just racing there. Kyle was just – I mean, we were racing for the lead. I was actually pretty fun racing with Kyle for the lead. So. Well, I thought you did it on purpose because I picked Joey and DBC and you were tired of me winning this thing every year. Yeah. Because I look pretty damn good there until you screwed it up. Don't even look at it, TJ. You didn't win. <laughs> Well, I know I didn't win because TJ screwed it up. I had it. That's Can I pick for week. Freddie this week? Yep. He sent me his Perfect. picks, but no, nah, he don't get the pick. Freddie no, just woke up in his house. He doesn't get the pick if you don't show up. He gets a DNQ. Freddie's like a hairy Teletubby right now. He just woke up in his draws on his big ass couch. And with, no, with, Freddie's back asleep with his dog Mo laying beside <clears> of him. And I'm gonna tell you something. Freddie bought a new truck, and I opened the door to look at his new truck. I was like, man, I like your truck. Dude, you ain't never seen so much dog hair in the back seat. It's a brand new truck. You know they make back seat covers and stuff that's that are what super I have. cheap. I have yeah, like the sling that goes across my back yeah. seat that like and it hangs out in. It's perfect. Probably like 30, 40 bucks too. 
Yeah. I mean, they're awesome. That's really, I mean, we started this show. Freddie ignored us. If Freddie would have got up, <laughs> Freddie lives semi close to here. Five minutes. Freddie could have got up, brushed his teeth, and that's all. Yeah, and put some clothes on. He could have wore the. No, he could have came like that. I wouldn't have minded. Okay, so uh, a shirtless Freddie, which uh, which is what you will which get we've if you seen. use. Yeah, if you use offer pad and you move Fred, that's what you'll get. Um, yeah, so Freddie could have been here, but his care level was too low. Freddie, I mean Jason, can we pull? Out of the archives, Freddie doing that that move from the Goonies. Truffle shuffle. Yeah, can we pull that out and put it out there on, on social this week just to get him back for oversleeping? We can antagonize him all week. We got that. Yeah. Oh, we're going to. What doing... an idiot. Who misses their own show? That's impressive. Yeah. His care level is down. Brett got up argue with somebody. I got up and played Barbies. I mean. <laughs> oh. Um, the caution comes out during green flag pit stops, which leaves only one playoff car of Kurt Busch on the lead. Of course last. it does. Why wow. would it not? Oh, spot off. This, this, uh, this ruined my night. It ruined my chance to really be in a decent position. Look, we were making up a bunch of playoff points on a, on a guy like Joey Logano, on a guy like Kyle Busch. You know, we had four stage points throughout the night total. One in stage one, three in stage two, and then we roll in, and we're going to get a top dang six finish. And then all these cautions start coming, and we just keep getting further and further back. And this particular caution, I think we came off pit road like one lap down and 24th and wave around eligible. And then you're back there behind guys that you literally haven't seen in six months. So it's extremely difficult (laughs) to be able to go out there and make that up. We ended up with a 12th place finish and are still 20 points out. That's how much ground those guys made up. And, look, you put a guy in that TJ said was not capable of winning or contending to win all night. So, shout out to his crew chief, Matt McCall. Because, to me, look, they've had some weird strategies this year, even going back to Richmond. And they did did some things that none of us understood. And then you look at what Matt did, Matt McCall did here, uh, former Hickory late model racer. Yep. Had a couple of Xfinity Series starts. I spotted for him at Dover back in the day. Robert Yates Racing, he and Stephen Light split that car, uh, the number 90 car, if you guys remember that in the Bush Series, Xfinity Series. And uh, shout-out to him, man. Big big, big call. Won the race. Yeah, that and uh, I mean, not really – you're praying at that point when you're him for the caution to come out. I mean, you're literally you're literally praying the entire time, and it worked for him. Um, but uh, more credit to Kurt for taking advantage of uh, – you know, it was handed to Kurt – and Kurt made it happen. He got put in restart situations that were absolutely crazy. Um, and, he, and, he, and he got up on the wheel and won it, man. Kurt, um, he did it to us at Kentucky last year, man. Kurt got up on the wheel and uh, he got him a win. So, And it's a big win. It, he probably – the only way this win would be better is if it happened after the road course race, if he was then to the next round. This is a huge win for Kurt um, and his team there. But uh, – you know, I, I gotta I be. That he didn't have fans. Like it is home track. Yeah. Well, anyone you know, he can sure thank that... his governor for that. Yeah. Yeah. But I gotta be spot off for the caution at that point. Um, I don't know if there was any. I didn't personally see any debris. I don't know if you what the TV showed was there debris on the track or was that all on the apron? Where was it? You know what I mean. Um, but nonetheless, you know, 
there was a if there was debris out there, it's a legit caution. We can't be blowing tires. We can't be running ourselves in the racetrack. But uh, spot off for the timing of the caution. It didn't benefit us at all either. So, but you just came off of last week where you benefited huge. First from time a all year though. <clears throat> like we're thirty races in, I finally get a caution. The next week I get screwed by a caution. Well, you benefited huge last one. week. So now it's a wash with you. Yeah, it's a wash. <laughs> it's it's a hundred to one. <laughs> Anyways, next one. Uh, Denny Hamlin announces that he's forming a new cup team with Michael Jordan and Bubba Wallace as the new driver. TJ. I mean, we've been. I'm really disappointed in Freddie and Bubba that they couldn't just use this to do the uh, announcement. What a what a golden opportunity to uh, to do it. Um, spot on for them. Um, you know, great opportunity for Bubba. Uh, like he like he said on the show, betting on himself, uh, Denny. Uh, you know, I know I know Denny fairly well from back in the day, but I know one thing: when Denny does something, Denny usually does it pretty damn big. So I can see, you know, this being a great opportunity for Bubba. And the biggest thing, I mean, we have Michael Jordan involved in the sport now, so that's. That's going to touch a lot of areas that would never get touched, you know, like fan base, um, you know, involved in NASCAR. So I think it's great all the way around. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how anybody could could spot off this. I mean, you look at Bubba and his career and the deficiencies that he suffered, really since he left KBM, and and now he's going to get in a situation that certainly looks like it's going to go out and compete. But but startup teams, man, it's very rare we see them come in and be super, super yes. competitive. And this team will be all over. Media is going to eat this team up. I think that it's a it's a the timing is a little weird because weird. because they're coming in and we're and they're gonna run an obsolete race car for one year and then we're gonna switch to the Gen seven car. So so there's some challenges there because you're gonna have to put a lot of resources on the table in order to fill these cars. Which are which are not going to be even useful a yeah. year from now. That's that's a hard expense to swallow. But here's the thing: they got a lot of sponsorship to do that. When I look at this, this is what excites me the most about this whole opportunity. You tell me one company in America that would turn this phone call down. Hey, this is Michael Jordan, and I'm started a race team. Me, Denny Hamlin. Uh, I got my driver Bubba Wallace. We'd love to fly out and and have twenty thirty minutes of your time to tell you what we can do for your company. You tell me one CEO in America. That's yeah. not going to take that meeting. You tell me one CEO that's not going to say, "Hey, I, I, I want to be a part of this." Like they have, they have more marketing prowess in this particular instance than anything we've ever oh, seen. Still- Here's the kicker, though: if Michael Jordan is truly as involved as we think he's going to be, and I don't know of any other outlet in NASCAR. If you people pay attention sometimes, we tell you what's going to happen without telling you what's going to happen. How many times have we said Michael Jordan on this show in the last month? I think you were in the first one to mention it. Yeah, I mean we we didn't we weren't trying to break anything. We sure got McGee last week, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Hey McGee, you think Michael Jordan's coming? <laughs> no. Thirty minutes later, Michael Jordan to enter NASCAR. <laughs> I tried to set Ryan up to look extremely smart right there, and he just bowed out. He didn't want anything to do with it. I mean Ryan, if he would have listened to two or three shows before that, he would just went along with it. <laughs> but now it's what a great opportunity for for um, sponsors and just the sport in general, man. Like. My favorite part is when we have Bubba on here, and, and I'm going to say this without Freddie being here to defend himself, okay? 
Freddie didn't tell his own me. Fault. Freddie didn't tell me everything. You know, he might have threw me bits and pieces here and there when things would happen, but it would be typically typically after I'd already heard him. So we get Bubba on the show, and f- the first thing Freddie says is, I don't think we want Bubba on the show. I think we want to wait until he does his announcement. And I said, I, I don't want to do that because he's going to go on every major media outlet in the country then. Like, I want him before the announcement. I want to know how did he quit Richard Petty Motorsports. I want to know certain things. Well, what Freddie didn't know is that I was going to ask him, have you talked to Michael Jordan? Freddie – about his pants over there in that chair because look at that point we'd heard rumblings that maybe Michael was out, but yeah. Freddie and Bubba had just talked the day before, so now Freddie thinks that Bubba thinks that he sold him out that he told me something which Freddie didn't. So I just was curious if Bubba had talked to Michael Jordan and Freddie was sweating bullets. If you guys go back and listen to that show and listen to how quickly Freddie changed subjects, it's because he thought Bubba was going to kick his ass because he thought he had ratted something out. Um, but but honestly. <laughs> Uh, huge. Wouldn't have been Freddie's first meeting in Carpet Land. <laughs> no. But but seriously, uh, if I am the president of NASCAR, I am ex- I'm thrilled by this. If I am the president of Toyota, I'm thrilled by this. Like there are a lot of people I think this can get excited. And listen, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. Jermaine Motorsports has been in business a really long time. They have been a part of this sport. They've won truck championships. They've competed at the cup level. They put a lot of people in a position to make it in NASCAR. And and there's about 25 employees over there, which impacts hundreds of people because they have spouses, they have kids, they have grandkids. Uh, Those 25 people were probably not very excited to see this news. So when you see all these things that are so positive, there's still people with fallout, right? There's a lot of things coming. I but there's also opportunity coming too. There is, you know, for the for the it's gonna some of these people are probably gonna get pretty good opportunities, and that's that'll be great for them. But yeah, you hate to talk about the, you never want to talk about the um the turnover and stuff. You know, it, it happens. It's not just in NASCAR; it's in everything. It's in everything. Look, I'm, I mean, I may be impacted. But these are today. friends. A lot of these are friends, and yeah, and uh, people we know. So yeah. you don't like to hear. It, about it's it. easy to overlook that side of it, but we have a race team that's closing. And, and, and welcome North Carolina. They're on the campus with RCR. They employ Ty Dillon, obviously, as a driver. But they got people that work there that read on the Internet that, that officially their charter was gone. They were out of work. So, um, I don't know, man. It, I just feel like it's so great for the sport. But for those 25 people, they were probably heartbroken. Yeah. Hey, Freddie, what do you think about the news? Freddie, how's your, uh, how's your contract negotiations going? Have, no. you, have you talked to Michael Jordan? That's the exact face he would make if you said that now. That's a grin you got on there, it bud. It is. I think, I think something's up. What do you know? Um. All right. Next one here. Kentucky and Chicago are rumored to lose cup dates on the 2021 race schedule. Could be changed out with Coda, Texas having the all-star race, or maybe a Bristol dirt race. I'm TJ. not going first. This is Brett's favorite racetrack. He's going to go first. All right, Brett. <laughs> you don't like Kentucky either. I know, but you're very vocal about Kentucky, so tell me how much you are hurt right now. Well, here, Here's what makes me excited. I was spot on two years ago when, when the NASCAR leadership came out and said, we're going to have major schedule changes coming. And then last year, around the same time, they kind of backed way off of that and said, well, we may not have as major changes as we thought. And some people got mad. And they said, well, wait a minute. You've been like, wanting you – Like know, you. They've been wanting more, more road courses. They've been wanting more short tracks. What are you going to do about it? Well, then they go add Nashville, a mile-and-a-half racetrack, right? And it's like, well, wait a minute. That's not what people said they wanted. 
And so now we're looking at places like Chicagoland never running a NASCAR race again in, in, in its current state. Kentucky Motor Speedway never running a race again in its current state. That tells me those races are going somewhere. And I know for fact-ish there's five road course races on the schedule next year. We but, know for fact. But it's rumored there's a sixth, and that sixth one will oh, be no. the most exciting of all of them if it happens. Huh. So I'm spot on for NASCAR making these major changes. I'm spot off for it taking so long to get the schedule out. I know there's a lot of TV negotiations going on because there's realignments there. Obviously, they're working with tracks. on, on who, Some tracks are not going to get two dates next year. Some tracks are going to get a second date. Oh, where's Kentucky going, TJ, right? Well, that date has to go somewhere. What corner are we standing in that one that's going to be really good? What corner? Yeah. What you mean? You said we're, one's going to be really exciting. What corner the spotter is going to be in? Oh, I don't know. I want to be on top of Tootsie's. Does it come right by there? <laughs> I can't wait for this schedule to come out. The, the word on the street is potentially it comes out on Wednesday. I pray it's true because teams and drivers really need this thing to come out so we can go out and solidify sponsorship. But but I the only thing I'm not crazy about is this Bristol Dirt Race because we talked about it last week. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but there's too many great dirt tracks in America for us to go. I'm, I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about this because if we go to Bristol and we try to run a truck race, and look, we're going to have to practice. We got no choice. We're going to try to run practice for all three series. We're going to run qualifying for all three series. If we do typical dirt stuff, we're going to run heat races for all three series. Now we're going to run a race on all three series. Can that surface take all that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm spot on for the for the schedule changes. I don't like seeing – Tracks lose dates, but I like seeing the, the schedule flex a little bit and know that we can do this. And, you know, if somebody builds a great racetrack, they know they might be able to get a date now. You know, if you if you are interested in doing something like that, um, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, I don't like, man, just something about covering Bristol and dirt again. I, I Like you said, I really I really think, you know, when we watch a track like Eldora, we're on our toes the entire that whole race. Like, oh, is he going to brush the wall? And they're not going super fast. I just think, I think a track like Knoxville might be just a little too big for our cars and just not enough banking. I know there, you know, you go to Eldora, you got guys that creep around the bottom. I know some guys can do that at at um at uh, Knoxville as well. But that really that groove hasn't been there as much. And we've we've proven the Eldora shows are good. You catch lap traffic quick. You don't um just good man. It's an exciting event. Uh, I don't, one thing I don't really, I loved the all-star race at Bristol though. I loved the short track all-star race. Me too. And now it's going to Texas and just, man, the short track, I know Chase was really good there and, and he's fast and won the race, but man, just that, that stadium effect, man, all-star race when fans can, when we can fill that place again with fans and, and you know, race for a million dollars at a short track. Could you imagine the spring Bristol race there being ending like, you know, that'd be the all-star race with oh. Joey and and uh, Chase going in and racing for a million dollars? That's what short tracks can create. We won't have that opportunity. You're just not going to have that opportunity at Texas, I don't think. What, are you going to have a throw the yellow and have a green-white checker finish and we're going to race for, you know, a lap and then we're going to string out? You're just not going to. 
I don't think you'll get that exciting finish with the pa- with the way the the package is right now. Just short tracks, you just can't get away from each other. Um, just a uh, man. It's just it had that, and there weren't any fans there. The last race we went at Bristol was pretty awesome. I mean, it was energetic more than it has been uh, that what we've what we're used to the last couple months, two three months. It's been there was an atmosphere there that we really haven't felt lately, and it was kind of really good to feel that back. So really thought that was a good idea, but spot on to the schedule changes in, in a whole, I mean, I like that it's, I like that it's for years. We were stuck almost on the same thing. Like you knew, you knew where we were going for how, it was how many years in a row we knew where I could tell you what date I was going to be where. And now we, uh, I like it that it, that they move around. No one really has an advantage at some of these new places either. You know, we go to a new track, uh, Nashville and who knows who's going to be fast there. You look at NASCAR went and bought all the IC stock up, and then you look at SMI bought all their stock up. It made them private entities again. They do whatever they want. So if they want to take a race from Michigan and throw it to another racetrack, boom, NASCAR can do that. They're going to do that. Yeah. Then, then they're going. If they want to close Chicago and sell it, boom, they're going to do it. If if we want to take a race from you know Kentucky and move it to Atlanta. Boom! And they don't can do forget that. the new the new track in California too. I mean, right. yeah, the new track in Fontana. Like, I mean, it it allowed us for a big. Sh- I think, like NASCAR almost said they were going to make changes, and they realized, wow, this is going to be a big undertaking. We don't really know if we want to do it, and then they were like, we have to do it. And the things that they've done to get them to this point and get us as a sport to this point, you got to say hats off because they're. I'm they're, excited. I'm excited. Too. We got a new track coming, new new tracks coming. Apparently. Uh, I'm excited, man. I think the cool thing for the storylines to play out are, are look at it from next year's standpoint of, all right, we're talking about running these races with limited practice and or no qualifying, right? So if you look at these new tracks, clearly you need to go there and practice because you don't have any of TJ's famous data, right? So you're going to have to you're gonna have to practice. You're going to have to race. So if we go to Coda, boom, we got to practice in a race. But they wouldn't let those full-time cup drivers run the lower series to practice for the cup race. That's interesting. Like, I think yeah. there's a lot of cool storylines that come out of this whole schedule. Which I think is pretty awesome. And they were Me strict too. on it, too, man. That guy that ran that that uh, sports car or whatever SCCA it was. car. Yeah, whatever. I mean, they were strict on that stuff. So, uh, I think it's pretty good. It made for good races. I think it's awesome. Good yeah. stuff right here. Yep. Well, and that, and that leads us into the final one here for Spot On, Spot Off, just with the concept of testing. Um, but NASCAR fined Hendrick Motorsports $100,000 for exceeding their allotted wind tunnel time this year. Didn't someone from Hendrick turn themselves in on that? Is that what I heard correctly? I don't know anything about it. What do you think, Freddie? Oh, oh yeah? Okay. He's awful smiley over there. I promise you he's not smiling at that at home right I, now. I also <laughs> do not have a lot of details on this. I can just tell you that a $100,000 fine in the grand scheme of things with what could potentially be gained with additional wind tunnel time or if you make a move to get additional horsepower, anything that you do to make your car go faster. If if they were going to charge Gene Haas, Roger Penske, $100,000 right now to go find a half a tent, guess what they do, TJ? Pay it. Pay it. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure, too, they took 10 hours of their allotted wind tunnel time next year away. So next year they're supposed to have 80. Now they only have 70. So that was 100,000 and 10 hours of wind time. Jason can probably correct me on this. So but how I'm many sure hours that. were they over this year? It was minutes. They were only over by minutes. Woo. Somebody better get a new watch. 
That's a hundred thousand dollar watch. We bought a nice what watch you, for that. Is that like uh that's not what do you call that? That's not the DVP clock. What what kind of clock is that? The aero oh, AVP clock? <laughs> aero vehicle policy? I mean, what do we got? Hey Siri, what kind of watch can I get for a hundred thousand dollars? So if it's minutes, like we talking like twenty minutes, thirty minutes, a hundred thousand dollars for twenty minutes. I mean, what are we I gonna guess. pay to what are we gonna pay for a couple hours here? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty uh if it's only minutes, I mean I'm glad they're strict with it. I'm glad, you know, if it was, I don't know the, like you said, I don't know how many minutes it was, but um, I'm glad they recognized it and, you know, basically said, hey, this isn't okay. Um, so I know it's not a not a ton, like he said, in the grand scheme of things, but at least they're recognizing it and, you know, wasn't a secret fine. Hey, we're headed down to the great state of Alabama to race at one of my favorite tracks, Talladega, this weekend. Now, for those of you interested in moving there, or if you currently live in the area, listen up. Our presenting sponsor, OfferPad, has a market in Birmingham. Whether you want to buy a home or sell your current home, OfferPad.com is the place to do it in Birmingham. We absolutely enjoy visiting that area twice a year, and who wouldn't want to live close to Talladega? That would be a pretty epic home track to have. Let OfferPad make that a reality. All you have to do to get this process started is log on to OfferPad.com. From there, it actually takes five minutes or less to enter the information about your home. Then within 24 hours, you'll receive a cash offer. While you quickly weigh on that offer, take time to explore the homes for sale in Birmingham under the Buy tab on OfferPad.com. OfferPad wants to buy your home and help you find the perfect new one. They make it simpler than ever before, and I know you want to get in on that action. Log on to OfferPad.com today to get started. Make sure you tell them we sent you by selecting the podcast option in the How Did You Hear About Us question. take our Xfinity speed from the track to the studio. So let's jump into our weekly fast lane segment where we're going to ask you guys six questions. And each time we're going to see who can answer the fastest and how many you can get right. So TJ, you are up first here. All right. First question here. Where did Joey Logano start on Sunday? Fifth. Who led the second most laps in Sunday's race? Chase Elliott. Who was the highest finishing non-playoff driver in the Xfinity Series race? Oh my gosh, Ryan Sieg? No, he's in the playoffs. What is a baby kangaroo called? A baby? Uh, 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 a pup? There's even pun in this one. A roo? Uh. <laughs> what is the name of the fairy in Peter Pan? Tinkerbell? I knew you knew that one. What is the total number of That's dots it. on a pair of dice? 25. All right, you got three out of six. I'll take it. Hamrick was the highest finishing non-playoff driver in the Xfinity Series race. Good for him. Yeah. A baby kangaroo is called a Joey. Oh, that's How good. How did you not know I actually, that? Actually, I did know that. <laughs> and there's 42 you dots on a paradise. J-O-Y. Holy cow. There's 42 dots on a... Oh, yeah. a paradise, not one. Yeah. Okay, I still have been wrong anyway, but okay. All right, Brett, you're up. Ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right, how many stage points did Clint Boyer earn on Sunday? Four. Uh, <laughs> Who finished last in the cup race? Last? Timmy Hill. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say his name. Who led the most laps in the Xfinity Series race? Second most. 
Second, Second most. most. Uh, I know one. Noah Gregson. You missed another. We're done. I just, I just know Noah's mad at us. I'm gonna say his name as much as I can. Do what? Uh, what color is a polar bear's skin? Pink. <laughs> Which princess lived with the seven dwarves? Snow White. How many noses does a slug have? Twelve. Good job. One out of six, Brett. TJ's the champion. Uh, yeah, Clint say that again. Earned. TJ is the champion. I mean, Freddy get zero. All right, Freddy's turn. <laughs> I beat Freddy. Uh, Clint Boyer had three stage points on Sunday. Damn. Chad Fincham finished last in the ex- or in the cup race. I thought I finished eighth in stage two. That's three points. And I finished tenth in stage one. That's one point. I can double check. But I'm pretty sure you finished nine. It don't matter. All right. I still lost. Uh, Polar's bear skin is black. Ross Chastain led the second most laps in the Xfinity Series race. And a slug has four noses. Wow. If he led the second most, that couldn't have been many because he hit the wall like lap 30. I think it was like 15 or so. Yeah. All right, congratulations, TJ. Yeah, that's right. Smarter than a fifth grader today. Things are looking up. We're always thinking fast on door bumper clear, and so was Denny Hamlin because he had this week's Xfinity fastest lap at Las Vegas. You know something else that's fast? Xfinity X5. Man, it's more than speed, too, TJ. It's reliable. It's secure. So you're safe and connected throughout your entire home. And speaking of Xfinity, follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter and stay connected with exclusive behind-the-scenes NASCAR content. Shout-out to Xfinity, premier partner of NASCAR and our podcast. Casey Boat! Hey, there she is. Hi! Hello! Look at that little thing. Um, Chloe is already bigger than TJ. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Getting tall. Probably already a bas- better basketball than Jason. Look how pretty you look. New mama looking good. Oh, yeah. This is like the first time I've put on makeup in a really long time. So I figured <laughs> I would uh, so make an effort today. How's mom life? Uh, it's pretty good. I Challenging, maybe right? Three, <laughs> three hours three hours last night-ish. And you're up. Freddie has zero excuses right now. <laughs> so, Casey, you slept three hours. You made the show. You're not even supposed to be on the show. Freddie yeah. Freddie got at least eight hours sleep. Four on the plane, four at home, and he missed the show. Yeah. Uh, seriously? But he sent his picks what? in. Yeah, that works, Freddie. But, but, Casey, as long as you've known Freddie, does this surprise you about him that he didn't no! show No! Honestly, was he, is he drunk at the same time? No. That, honestly... Do you, do you saw the group text? Freddie's the only one that said, I'll, I'll be good for four hours of sleep. He's the only one that said yeah, anything about that. So from now on, whenever you guys have a West Coast race, just don't even ask him. Tell him, like, sorry, you're, we know you can't commit to this. We're but. just cutting his pay. He's, we're taking yeah. half of nothing. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> honestly, Brett, when you were, like, completely drunk out of your mind and Ubered to the show, <laughs> like, that's dedication. Yes. So Thank you. if Freddie... If Freddie can't like Brett lives a lot further away than Freddie too. Freddie could probably have walked here by now. Yeah. And he could probably stand to walk here. What kind of show are you running, Jason, where I'm not here and now people are just dropping off? It's falling apart. So so, so tell us, Chloe's been a good baby, a crying baby, fussy baby, great baby. Talk to us. I mean You've been thrown up on yet? Oh yeah, all the time. Uh, she's really good, except she has like a ton of uh, like congestion and gas, so she doesn't yeah. sleep very often. Dang. Which means I don't sleep very often. 
Um, so that's been fun. But otherwise, it's uh, where's Chad? At? I mean, where's Chad? Uh, he he's working. He raced all this weekend, so he didn't sleep at all either, which was nice. <laughs> oh, he slept but, in uh, the hotel rooms. He slept real good. <laughs> yeah, seriously. They came. They won on Saturday night, and they came home, and I was like, "I hope you realize you're not sleeping at all tomorrow because I haven't slept, so you don't either." But yeah, that's uh, right. Oh, shoot, Susan clearly hasn't changed either. Well, Susan Janet clearly doesn't bother her right now. She can hear Susan, and Janet's like, "Is that my friend?" Apparently, so uh, we, Chloe's used to Susan, or uh, yeah, by now, because she didn't even flinch when the dog barked. Yeah, I thought that Susan, like, would wake her for everything, but I guess because they can hear when they're in your stomach, like, for months, she doesn't even flinch yeah. whatsoever. Oh, it yeah. drives us up the wall. How do we know they but, can hear yeah. when they're in your stomach? Well, didn't... What? How do we know that she can hear when she's in your stomach? I don't know. I just looked it up. When you would put your head on your wife's belly, wouldn't you get kicked? <laughs> True. I guess you can like no see light too. It's very weird. I don't know, but either well, way, I know I all that. She, yeah, I don't know. She sleeps. Well, that's good. So she she's got this head it. full of black hair. Is it yeah. falling out yeah. or not? No, not yet. No, she's uh. She's got more hair than I do. She's pretty cute though. I've had she uh, does. mine were the uh, mine were different. Uh, Malin was born had a decent amount of hair, then it all fell out, then it grew back. Stella was born with a full head of hair, and now um. She still has it. It's the hardest part of my day. So um, I call her the long-haired yeah, dragon want, when she's mad. I want her to keep her hair, and she has blue eyes right now, bluish gray. So I want that, too, even though that's not going to – like, that'll change real soon. But she, uh, she's pretty cute. I also want to thank you guys because, TJ, you gave me, like, a motivational pep talk via FaceTime before I went into labor. Brett, you helped me with breastfeeding. I mean – You're welcome. You guys were <laughs> on it. Yeah. Really on it. I try to text so, and keep up with you and make sure you're all right and stuff. Yeah, you guys have. I mean, you you really have. Like, So you haven't heard from Freddie at all? <laughs> so you haven't heard from Freddie? <laughs> See, we Freddy give you we give you a lot of trouble. Yeah. You know, if you were here right now, we'd probably give you um, a hard time still, but we do care about you, so. Thanks. I do. Yeah, anyway. you I don't guys know about definitely Brett. care. We're, we're a family. I mean, I felt your presence when I was – yes, I felt your presence. Don't worry. I took your advice. Breastfeeding, Brett, you you were really on it. So, I knew exactly <laughs> uh, what, what, to do. what exactly advice did Brett give you on this? I'm I, curious too. Yeah, what did <laughs> What did you tell me? You said like it was like the fir- the first few days, and you're like, make sure you pump. Like that's really important. The first few days. I said, I like, if Chloe is super fussy, it means she's freaking hungry, and it means your milk had not come in, and you need to pump to supplement. What you need to make make her full. That's what I said. Look, I've never, oh, yeah. I've never had to breastfeed myself, so I look like I could <laughs> breastfeed. <laughs> okay, since you said it, um, I know pumping made it way easier, way less stress in uh, our relationship at home to feed because then I could do it. You know, I could, I could feed at times too and stuff, which I loved because there's, and you're gonna, you're doing a lot of this right now. There's a lot of two, three o'clock in the mornings when you're sitting there in that chair feeding the baby, and they're just staring at you like. You know, thank you for feeding me. Thank you know what I mean. You don't you just wonder they're just staring at you. And that's those are some of the best times I remember about my kids. It's true. I mean, I uh that helped me and then like with Chad too, I I'm hoping, although we're not at the point yet where he'll wake up with her. I can't wait till he has that baby alone for the first time. He's gonna be so scared. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like I'll like uh go take a shower and stuff because 
I mean, with COVID, I haven't really done a ton. Um, but take a shower and like let him hang, and he'll just watch. Like he wa- he was watching the race last night with her, and like I don't know, just they don't do anything face. right now. It's really easy to watch him right no. now. <laughs> it's pre- you can no. even like in a normal time you could even take him out to eat and just put the blanket over the little thing, and they just sit there and sleep. You eat. It gets. That gets a lot more difficult here in other about another year. That you'll be like, Do you want to go out to eat? No, I don't want to deal with the fit or whatever but, we're gonna. But will I sleep more? Because I would prefer that. Your sleep will go up here once they get into a schedule. The Ish. schedule's important. Ish. Ish. It'll go up when Ish. like I'm a like I'm like a drill sergeant with my kids. Like when it's nap time, it's nap time. So But I think you know when they're gonna be fussy at that point. At least I liked that. I knew when they were gonna be fussy. I knew when they were gonna be hungry and stuff. But uh no, nah, she looks awesome. So newborn moms, yeah. some love help, some don't like help. You're probably pretty limited in what help you can even have with COVID going on, right? So are you are you having yeah. to do this pretty much by yourself or you got in laws helping or what do you got? I know your mom was here last week. Yeah, I mean they're here and like that's the thing. It's tough because every doctor has told us like you know, you need the help, but no, you, you can't have anybody around her. So how does that, you know, like that doesn't really tell us much. Um, but we've had, we're taking it really careful, like the first month or so, and they're wearing masks and, um, not many people are around her. We've maybe, we've just had Chad's, uh, like, like our, our fam, like our parents, both of our parents have really been the ones to help. People want to kiss babies in the camp. Yeah. I I feel bad that I hate that you can't enjoy a lot of that because, Man, you got you know you have a baby and and it's really exciting and stuff and um I'm I'm excited for you. I can't wait till everything kind of clears up and it's safer and stuff and we can see her. I really want to be able to take her out and not have her in PJs every day. And I mean, we take walks and like we'll do like a yeah. picnic or something. But oh, yeah. gosh, it's it is honestly so tough not being able to take her around people that you want to and have like a normal life. I I'm like waiting for the day that we can do something like that. Yeah, but. He is the love owner, man. There's no such thing as spoiling a kid too much when you're just loving on them. Now, if you're holding her all the time, you're spoiling her because she's going to want to be held all the time, and you're going to wish you would have done that. Yep, I learned my lesson. She's already there. Good. She loves to sleep right on top of me like she is right now. You held her for nine nine months already. Of course she's going to want to be held by you. Hey, how about the the, – how's the mamaroo? A thumbs up or a thumbs down? Oh yeah, thumbs up for sure. Oh really? She likes okay. it. She'll she'll sleep in it. Um, I so I started like you know how you like they have those like things that you can put around you like the carriers. So I mm-hmm. started. I have to start using those because otherwise, like I'll sit on the couch and not do anything all day because I can't move because she wants to sleep on oh, yeah. me. So oh, she's bald. I, <laughs> already, yeah. You're going to yeah, be recording podcasts with her on your stuck to you. <laughs> well, in my defense, though, she's been uh, she's also been very like congested. So she won't sleep laying down as well. Yeah. So I've had to hold her for that. And then she just kind of got used to it. So That'll start clearing up. I think it'll start clearing up here. And Dr. TJ Majors. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah. please do. You know, if you get a little uh, dropper, we've got some medicine over here that'll help her sleep through the night. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Casey, we got to keep this thing moving. We love you. We miss you. I actually have a love meeting you. today and I have to leave. You're always the one who bails on our show. Freddie didn't show up today and I got a bail. So we will have you back on here before the end of the year. And uh, well, actually, uh, next week, I think you're starting back, right? 
Uh, yeah, we're trying to work on that. We're working on. We're come on, Chad. On we come on, Chad. We need Casey for about an hour, hour and a half. You can do it. I mean, please tell him. Everybody tweet him and say, Chad, can you watch Chloe while Casey uh, does the podcast? Well, you just did. So there's your video clip, yeah. Jason. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. There we go. It's good to see you. She looks yeah. super cute. Yeah, she's awesome. Thanks. See you guys soon. See you later. Such a cute little nugget. Headful of hair. I'm proud of Casey for finally having Chloe. And, and I, I mean, literally, you can't have help right now. Like, yeah, it's all the people you tough, come help. Man. Holy yeah. cow! And babies are fun. Like, it's exciting when you when someone has, especially a you know, if it's your first one, you want you want people to you know introduce her to people and stuff. So yeah, tough time for Casey, but really excited and happy for her. your turn, Hannah. Where's Dylan? I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> is that what kind of music is that Barry White we hear in the background <laughs> oh boy you don't even know who Keith Sweat is do you you never heard of Keith Sweat <laughs> by the facial expressions that's a no, no. dang no. girl well, am I supposed to somewhere out there there's there's a person listening to this show somewhere. that graduated high school between 1988 and 1995 and they love Keith Sweat yeah I was born in 97 yeah Sounds like you love Keith Sweat. You were probably made to Keith Sweat. I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know if they had music in Idaho back then, though. Probably not. Transistor radios. Keith Sweat. Wow. All right. Keep it rolling. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. All right. Back to those questions. Ask DBC. First one is from HR Topham. He said, with the three losing a belt possibly from having ran over debris, what has been some of your most bizarre ways that have ended your day at the track? TJ. Oh, man. I, it didn't really end my day, but the time uh, the, something bizarre that kind of happened was when Dell Jr. steering wheel came off and I was just looking at the car and next thing you know, the thing hangs a left and down there in turn three at Talladega, I think it was, it disappears out of my sight. I'm like, what? Ju-? We were under caution. And he it, saved it. And I, Yeah, and I'm like, what just happened? My car just disappeared and spun down to the inside. What is he doing in there? So that was that – was, uh, That's scary. It was scary. And Steve Park almost lost his life because of that. Jimmy Johnson wrecked at Bristol because of that. Definitely, definitely. Is, but that was probably uh, the most bizarre thing that I can think of that happened to me. The weirdest thing I remember, Elliot Sadler, Texas, 2000. actually had a really, really, really good car with the Wood Brothers. And we'd been racing Sterling Marlin that day. And something or somebody hit us in the left rear. And when they did, TJ, it cut the tire. And when it cut the tire, it shredded it the long ways. And the tire, as it was making revolutions around the wheel, went through the crush panels and managed to start hitting Elliot on his left shoulder blade. Ouch. So by the time he you gets can't it move. stopped. No. No, he's stuck. He's strapped in. Five-point harness back then, <laughs> not six. <laughs> but he's strapped in, and all of a sudden Ugh. he has this tire pounding him on his left shoulder. And so he's screaming on the radio. And so I haul butt to the care center. I was doing PR for, for him back then and sit go patrol him. And I get to the care center, and, dude, his uniform – is destroyed and his tire is his shoulder is bruised 
and Kyle Petty ended up getting in the car uh, to finish the race for the Wood Brothers. Back then, you could obviously put your car yeah. back on the track, but Elliott was not in any shape to go drive. That was probably the most oh. bizarre thing that I've ever personally seen put put my guy out of a race. It's like one of those bad massage chairs. Pull, 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 pull. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Alarming, right? That, that yeah. would That would hurt. I mean, there's no way you can, you know, something you just it's not soft. You rubber. can't do that. Yeah, you can't just move your shoulder over either. I mean, you literally have to sit there and take and it. take it until the car stops. <laughs> yeah, like a man. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! All right, next one from Lucas five twenty one. Have any of you accidentally spotted the wrong car, like Corey LaJoy's spotter admitted to tonight? Brett, didn't you do that during an experience? Nah, race? man, we'd never spotted the wrong car. What an idiot. Me? Who does that? I don't know. You never admit to it. <laughs> yeah, I spotted the you wrong car. No. <laughs> we used to change paint schemes every damn week back in the day. Like, Yeah, I spotted the wrong car. At Darlington one time, I started calling a guy on the outside of Dell Jr. in three and four, and I looked down, and he's against the wall. I had the wrong car, and there wasn't anybody near him. And uh, same thing at Richmond. I had been spotting for Allgaier for a couple of years, and I was used to spotting this bright orange car. Dell Jr. decides he wants to run that race, so I had to spot for Dell Jr. While I look off of turn four, we're about eight, ten car lengths in front of Allgaier, but I look off of turn four, and I see this orange car, and there's a car on the outside of him. So I start calling outside. While I look at and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So I look at the start-finish line, and Dell Jr. is not racing anybody, not near anybody, but he is swerving left on the straightaway, thinking somebody was about to be outside him when he was already against the wall. So... At least he listens. It happens. I mean, it, 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 if you do enough races, it's going to happen. <clears throat> I did it probably the first time I ever did it. Elliot had run the M&M's car for three and a half years. He got out of the M&M's car and into the Dodge car, number 19 car. And David Gilliland got into literally Elliot's paint scheme in the M&M's car. And we were at Dover. <laughs> Man, I started spotting for David Gilliland. Yeah. He ain't never heard such good spotting. He's never had a spotter as good as I I was am. worried. But too bad he couldn't hear me. I was spotting the wrong car. I was worried about leaving the 88 because I had been spotting the 88 since it started. And that was 10 years worth of racing. Uh, I was worried about leaving the 88 and and going to the 22 and then start spotting the 80. But I never I never had an issue with that. But we don't. People get confused, man. So we don't just stare at our car the whole time. I have people ask me that. How do you stare at your car for four hours? We don't do that. I personally at a mile and a half track like what we were at yesterday once all that calamity of a restart is done i scan what's coming by and clint look a quarter of the track in front of him because you want to know if there's runs you need to protect you know grooves that are working out to be faster and then obviously in front of him you don't want him to drive into a wreck so like we have this routine that we go through but then something will happen i have to track ahead of him and it'll catch your eye and it could be that that it's a wreck it could be a pass for the lead it could be a lot of things right but when when your attention shifts there then you have to shift back. And if you have a car like the Menards car that you could literally see from, from the moon, it's easy to go back to that car. But yeah. if you do have a car, like TJ said, that changes paint schemes weekly, uh, it's hard to go right back to that car. And a lot of times you'll associate it with who you're running around because maybe you know Joy Logano's car is easy to see that weekend and you knew you were racing him for a position. But um, it's, it's not like we're staring at the car and all of a sudden start spotting for a different car. And again yeah. – I've done it once this year, and I, and I we were at Darlington, and I looked down in three and four, and I looked back in one and two, which is where we were, and I said, clear, all clear, because I thought we had passed one of those cars that are 87 miles an hour off the pace. And nothing, and nothing was said about it, because Clint was clear, thank goodness, but after the race, Clint's brother called me out and goes, hey, I think Brett spotted for the wrong car that one time. He just started screaming, and then there wasn't any reason to tell you you were clear, all clear, and he was right. 
And so Clint called me, you, you spot for the wrong car? I was like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think, uh, I'll tell you what's the most challenging part of that is when, is, is you're not really spotting for your car, but you're spotting, when you're spotting your car, you're using other car numbers. You know, if a guy, if a guy changes the paint scheme, you're, you're trying to let the driver know because every driver drives a little bit different, has different tendencies and stuff. And you want to be accurate on the car numbers. You know, you'd be like outside the 14. Well, if I mess that up and I say outside the another car, you know, it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game on how different you might, dynamic. how you might drive that, how you might race that corner against that guy. So let's talk about this. There's no team worse than doing this than the two, the 12, and the 21. Those three guys. And what? That's swapping around paint schemes and looks, and you don't know who's <laughs> who. Yesterday, I called Blaney the two, yeah. and it was a 12. And, and they've all got that similar scheme, yeah. you know, where they all have the same flow, obviously different colors. The 21 and the 12, I I, I've, I can see because sometimes Blaney runs the Menards car and it's like, wait a minute, okay. So it's hard. Definitely, it's challenging. We ran a, I believe we ran the last Vegas race with two cars that were yellow. Like I was having to call pit stops on which car was, which, which nose we were coming in because Ours and Blaney's car look just like each other. and uh, But you, you definitely spot. It's hard for spotters, like, knowing what cars are what. You know, if you're in a battle and you're in a, like, some of them restarts, you, it's hard to tell when a guy changes a paint scheme where you got four or five different paint schemes. It's, um, it can be challenging. I mm. think, man, look, fans are, fans are going to be shocked this week when this schedule comes out. And, and if, you're, if you live near Kentucky Speedway, you're, you're, you're going to be upset. Um, I remind you guys that a lot of a lot of thought and effort has gone into putting this schedule together, and I think it's truly going to be for the betterment of the sport, not only for next year but moving forward. It's it's key, like TJ said, to shake it up. Uh, I, I would think we still see Phoenix as the end race. What do you think? Oh yeah, probably. I think so. And I hope it's the last year we see it as the end race for a while because I like I that too. shaking up, man. I like for us to to make it. Make it special. I still like Homestead as the end result deal. It's just been we we don't have repeat winners, man. It's I I, I want to move it around every year, and then I want to take a week off, and then I want to have the banquet and the All Star race the same weekend in Nashville. Race at the fairgrounds. Let those guys go out there and race for a million bucks. Uh, all the all the, all the chase guys. I mean, that's ultimately your All Stars because if you yeah. want to race, guess what? I thought the field the was. Playoff. I thought the field for that was set correctly. Go 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 to a short track. Let's do the banquet and All Star race all in one weekend. And uh, anyway, I'm not the president of NASCAR, so it doesn't matter what I want to do. But as a fan, don't get on Twitter and start about the schedule and how you're mad that this track lost a race. Just use it as opportunity to go to one of these. We've places, all you been know? saying we need to shake it up. And if they're you're shaking it up. if you're close to Kentucky, and I know, I mean, I, I love the Kentucky area, man. I love the driving. You take some of them side roads into the racetrack and stuff. It like it, that's some of the prettiest countryside that you can see. We can't take away Chicago and abandon the Midwest. We still have to race somewhere in that area. So. Be supportive, man. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people are going to be happy when this new schedule comes out. But you know, if you're not happy, take a day and you'll be happy. And pick, go somewhere new, man. Go to a go to a Martinsville. Just go somewhere new, you know. And I'm sure Brett will be, and uh, Freddie will be more than willing to do a meet and greet when uh, things open up at them tracks. So, be great opportunity for you. I'm gonna. I, I think if you're not happy, you like how it was Brett and Freddie would be more than happy to do a meet and greet. Not not hey. I'll, I'll go, too, because I'm well, I just assumed they would already know but, I would be there. But Brett so. and Freddie will go and meet you. Of course I would go. Freddie won the DBC pick at Vegas. Freddie DNQs now, this one. Right. So is he, you're just going to DNQ him here? 
He got so lucky. I was going to wear him out until TJ screwed up three wide thing up. Dang it. I did screw it up. Uh, so. so who picks first? TJ's first. Oh, yeah. I, my guy got in an accident. Oh, boy. Um, everybody I pick has bad luck. So uh, I will go with – I already picked Kyle. Can't pick him again. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. Solid choice. I have a hard choice to make. Keselowski or Blaney. And I think because – it's a wild car race. Uh, Blaney's been good there. He and the spotter Josh Williams obviously been clicking on all eight cylinders, so to speak. Uh, Ryan Blaney, who's Fred got? He has got Brad Keselowski. Oh, I should have picked Brad then. <laughs> Screwed him. Well, we can cut that out. Brett actually picked Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie don't know. No, nah, Freddie don't We'll know. give him Quinn Hoff. Perfect. Yes. Here we go. Producer makes the call. That's, that's actually a – that actually should be a good – punishment for freddie he needs to learn a lesson from this right if you miss football practice let's just tell him let's just tell him the entire time that we've decided that since he skipped out and could have made the show in time to make his pick that we that jason has made the pick for him as punishment and what is he can still have brad but we're going to make him think the entire time that he has quinn p1 i I like it And, and, and look talladega is always wild but these stage ends right now are going to be as wild. And I know we said this the last plate race we had. It was an elimination race. We had two guys vying for four spots. This one may be the wildest one ever because we're going to have – Joey Logano has got to get stage points. Guess what? We so need does, stage points. So does Austin Dillon, and he's dead last. He's P12 out of the playoff drivers. So the, 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 the three, the 10, the 14, the 18 – Nobody is safe because if we have a guy like Austin Dillon go and win this race, that puts out another guy on points. Then we go to the Roval, and we have another guy like Clint Boyer that may be out. He goes and wins the Roval. Boom. Now there's only one person. I'm sorry, five people going on points. So, like, winning these – I've never – like to me, winning a race – at Talladega starts today. It doesn't start when we buckle in the car. It doesn't start when we get to the racetrack. There's some things that, that we do uh, to prepare for the weekend. To me, winning the race at Talladega starts today. And winning every stage starts today. And that's what we have got, including people like Joy Logano that has two wins this year. I don't think he's in really a lot better boat than Clint Boyer's. Yeah, it's uh, the best thing that's, that's coming about this race is we're all going for it. And it's going to be – you, you, you're gonna, probably going to see less, you know, less. Um, it's just so the the field there now that has to make it so diverse. It's going to be hard for it's hard for them to say, well, you everyone needs to help this guy because now everyone has about two or three guys, three guys or so that they need help. Yeah. You know, we all want to be up there, and even the guys that are safe, like that are in, you don't, you got to you got to protect it. You got to protect. It. You got to protect it. So I'm looking forward to that because I feel like that plays in. Uh, I feel like that plays into the aggressive guy that, that, you know, if it's everyone for themselves, I I feel really confident about that. So we'll go to work this week and, and work real hard at, at fine-tuning things that we need to do and, and go and try to just run run the best we can. No choose lane, which means no we can't lane. align with our teammates. This week or next week. You can, you can work with the guy on the front row, which we've seen happen yep. a lot since the tandem racing came about. But outside of that, I, I think it truly is – the manufacturers are going to have some some deals, I, I, I guess. Uh, but but to me, at, at the end of these stages, 
But if you look at the field, it's going to be hard to say that everyone pushes this car right now. He needs a win. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Chevy's got three guys, four guys that could need wins now. Yeah. And, um, you know, the same thing. I mean, we're we're in right now. But like you said, if one of them guys wins that's behind us, I mean, that, that changes everything. Changes it all. So we need stage points. We need the win. Go for it. With that, uh, to I think they're letting some fans come to the cup race at Talladega, Alabama. I don't think there's any fans in the stands on Saturday, but there are fans there for Sunday. And I think it's the most exciting race potentially of the year. Yeah. Uh, shoot, man. This is going to be a big one. It's going to be uh, It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting and uh, it's like a Wild West, man. It's going to Everybody going for it. Gloves are off. Gloves so, are off. Uh, hope, hopefully we see you guys down at Talladega. I hope you guys can tune in and watch. Uh, one of the places that I certainly miss fans truly being at is Talladega because I know how hard they party on that infield, and I know how hard they get after it in them grandstands. And we usually spot – we used to spot right where the top of the, the row of the grandstands was at. Sure, so, we'll be there again. Um, yeah, good chance we'll be there again. So uh, – Talladega, tune in. Can't, can't, uh, I can't hype this one up enough. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, same here. I'm excited. Hannah, thanks for coming on. Jason, thanks for producing. Dillner, thanks for sitting behind the camera. Uh, we out. Holla. See ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.